So the reading is taken from Luke, uh, chapter 2, verses 22 to 35. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Catherine. Uh, there is, in fact, a craft, if you're getting very bored in the middle of this two-hour sermon, uh, at the back that you can do, where we can see uh, Lord Jesus at the temple being handed over to um, Simeon. And uh, you can colour it in and go and make that at, at home. If you're finding it really hard, children, you can just nip out the back and go and grab one and some colouring pens. But for everyone else, this is very exciting, because if we're certain of the Saviour, we have certain joy. Certain of the Saviour, we have certain joy. That's my prayer, what you're going to see here today. Whether you want to be here or whether you're here slightly under duress with family, I want you to be certain that Jesus is God's salvation, and so praise God like Simeon does. You know, you want a heart filled with praise in all circumstances, don't you? I mean, I feel most of the time that that is actually a very difficult thing to do at the minute. Whether it's getting up in the morning and trying to get the children dressed to get them to church, it doesn't feel much praise in my heart at that point. Or whether it's the fact that you're worried about what's going to happen in the new year and how the cost of living is going to affect you or just what you're going to do with your university choice or how you're even going to go back to university. How can I go to those places and still have something to praise God for and still be certain of some joy? This passage is going to help us with that, I pray and hope. So let me pray, and then let's walk through this in about 10 minutes. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word, and I pray, Lord, that you would help all the bits that I've been thinking about and been excited about in this passage, Lord, to come out and by your Holy Spirit encourage our hearts where they are lacking in joy. Uh, lift our hearts where they're lacking in praise. Lord, I pray that you would help us to see how glorious you are, to be certain that you are God's salvation, that we might have joy wherever we go. Amen. 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 
it is hard, isn't it, in lots of places, as you read the news, as you're doom-scrolling on your phone, to be filled with praise. It's not something that we naturally do. The wonderful thing is here is that we've got the account of, of Luke about Jesus' life. And he's given us this account, we learn, in chapter 1, verse 4, so that you may know the certainty of the things you've been taught. So if you've been taught about Jesus, you're going to be taught about him today, if you haven't already, these are written so that you may be certain about who he is. And particularly today, we've got right in the middle this song of Simeon. And the song, he just bursts into song. I don't know when the last time was that you burst into song. Maybe this morning when you woke up. Did anyone burst into song? I think it's the most un-English thing, isn't it? I hate musicals because that moment where they crank into song. And you think, just say it. But here... Simeon is so excited that he cranks into song. What's he excited about? He's excited about Jesus. And specifically, he's excited about who Jesus is, that he is the salvation of the Lord. Look with me at verse 29. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, your rescue which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for the salvation to the Gentiles. He's holding a baby in his arms, and he's saying, look, here is God's salvation, this little baby Jesus. That seems totally crazy, doesn't it? I don't know what happened when you were born. Uh, when Eloise was born, we had pizza in the delivery room, which is a bit punchy. But when Jesus is born... There's angels attend his birth, don't they? And people find him in their hands and say, look, here is God's rescue. That's not ordinary, is it? And they're filled with joy. Why is that? Why do we need a rescue? Well, the answer is in the opening verses. Can you see what's going on in the opening verses? When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to, to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. What is going on there? It's like a bunch of instructions, isn't it? Do you see what they're doing? The emphasis is on the law of the Lord and Mary and Joseph are fulfilling the law of the Lord. They're doing what a good Jewish person should do. That is actually the bit that we need rescue from. The whole of the Old Testament is all about how actually God's people, not even God's people, can obey God's law and live in a relationship with him. They can't do it. You can spend hours reading the Old Testament later on before Christmas dinner and you'll see it's a terrible, terrible thing, and it means that they're constantly under God's judgment. Now, here we find Simeon, who's in the temple, and God's people are not obeying God's law in the temple. And the Romans have invaded them, and they're oppressed by another nation because they don't live in a perfect relationship with God. And so, that is why Simeon, in verse 25, is waiting for the consolation of Israel. That simply means the concert is the hope, the joy, the rescue. Someone who, as Anna says later on, is going to be the redemption of Jerusalem. There's a problem. There is a great need. And that need is, is that I can't get everything right. 
Have you ever felt that? I bet you do at Christmas. You cannot cook the Christmas turkey in a way that is going to please your mother-in-law. How do you do that? How do you do that? Okay, that is a terrible example. But listen, if you can't do that, then there is no way that you as, and I, as Gentiles, as people who aren't even God's chosen people in the Old Testament, there's no way that we can live our lives to the perfection of God because his standard is way higher than even the sternest, even, even the most exacting of mother-in-laws. Do you see? And unfortunately, the difficulty that presents is even greater than the, um, the difficulty that you might get from someone who hasn't, you haven't cooked their meal properly. This is the living God who made us. And if we can't live properly and obey his laws, then we're cut off from him. And all the blessing that comes with that. And that is why Simeon knows that need. And that is why he's been waiting. Now there was a man, verse 25, in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Have a look at who's at work here. And the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. At that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah, that is, God's chosen king who comes to rescue. And moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, and Simeon takes him into his arms. Can you see who's at work? It's the Holy Spirit. So the marvelous thing is, is God is not like a grumpy mother-in-law. He is at work trying to fix the problem. Sorry, Leila, you, you're, you are not a grumpy mother-in-law. I shouldn't have used this example at all. But isn't it marvellous that God is not at all like that, that he is at work. Here he is doing something about that need. He is doing something about the fact that we are like that ruined Jerusalem, that we can't do what he wants. We can't live up to his standards. And so he's at work bringing this Lord's Messiah and announcing him with Simeon. So Simeon has been waiting with desperation for this consolation to arrive. And here he is. It's not something that's new. It's an old, it's an old plan. One that's been prepared before all the sight of all the nations. It's one that he's been waiting for for ages. It's one that's been promised in the old scriptures. Simeon knew the need. And he also knew that God is at work, doesn't he? Do you see that? And then what happens is Simeon is in this place where suddenly this Messiah, who's going to fix all of that, who is going to bring that joy, arrives in his arms. And he receives Jesus. It's a physical depiction of actually taking Jesus in your life, isn't it? And that's why he breaks into song. Because here at last is the person that is going to tip all of history from heading down the pan, all of history is now going to end well. Because all of sin, which takes all of history into the pan, is now forgiven with Christ when he dies on the cross. And so that he knows on a global scale, there is going to be a new creation where we will live in perfect harmony with God and one another. That there is a happy ending to every single suffering that there will be a world without war and without fear and without hunger. He knows that's coming. And he knows that's going to happen beginning in his own life as well. 
he knows that here is the person that's the consolation, the one that in Isaiah 40 is comfort, comfort my people. Your sins have been paid for. He knows. And so Simeon becomes a picture for us of what it is to receive Jesus. He's our illustration this morning. And here is the illustration. If I told you out of all of the Christmas tree presents that there is one present that you will die after you open that present, which present would you open first? Not that present. In fact, you would open that present and then you'd be terrified, wouldn't you? Because you think, well, now I'm going to die. But look what happens with Simeon. In verse 26, he says, the Holy Spirit has revealed to him, in verse 26, that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That means when he sees the Lord's Messiah, he knows he's going to die, doesn't he? But what does he do? He bursts into song when he sees this Messiah. That is totally weird, isn't it? That's totally weird. He lives in a world that is oppressed by the Romans. It's filled with a sinful people who can't worship God, God properly in the temple. And he, he knows that actually his own death is coming when the Messiah comes. And yet he bursts into song. Now, if you can have joy in those circumstances, isn't that amazing? Isn't that a joy that you would want to hang on to and to hold on to? The reason that Simeon has got that joy is, verse 30, my eyes have seen your salvation. You can now dismiss your servant in peace, God. You can send me off to be with you in heaven because I have seen the person that is going to fix everything. I have seen the person that means my death no longer is filled with fear. I have seen the person that means Roman occupation is no longer the end of the story. I have seen the person that means that the hunger and the oppression that goes on amongst God's people is no longer going to last forever. And so I can go in peace. Do you see how wonderful that is? He's got the joy of Jesus as a rescuer because he is certain of the Savior. He has certain joy. That's all it is. He's certain of the Savior, and so he has certain joy. And Simeon becomes a picture for all nations receiving this salvation by receiving a person. Do you see how the salvation is a person? It's so closely tied, isn't it? I take the baby, that is the salvation of the Lord. If I haven't got the baby, there's no salvation, is there? Here he is. I receive him. So very quickly... At the end of this, there is a little bit of a warning for us. If you're someone here today and you're not sure about Jesus or Christianity, there is a warning for you. Did you see the child's father and mother? They marvel about what said at him. And then Simeon blessed them and he turns to Mary and he gives this little sort of caveat in verse 34. He says, this child Jesus is destined to cause the falling and the, sorry, the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Can I say to you today that if you're someone that Jesus doesn't cause you 
great joy, then maybe you need to have a think about what that reveals about your heart. Do you see what it says there? As Jesus comes into the world, it shines a light on our hearts. And it's a warning that actually is a possibility here to both be raised up by Jesus, but also to fall as you encounter him. So why not this Christmas just spend some time to examine your heart and think, as I think about Jesus, and what's my response to him? Why is it not one of joy like Simeon? What is it that I don't like about him? And to think that through. Because I would love you to be certain of salvation and so have a certain joy by having Jesus. And if you're a Christian here today and you're thinking, you're feeling a bit numb about this joy, I don't really burst into song about Jesus. That is okay. Sometimes we're in patches of life which aren't very joyful. But... Can I put it to you that what Simeon knows here is he knows the great need, doesn't he? That's why he's waiting and waiting for this person to turn up. I want to encourage you this Christmas to maybe examine your hearts and think, what is my need of Jesus? Do I really need him? Yes, I do. Do you know, Christmas is a great time for that, isn't it? Because there's always a tantrum at Christmas. It doesn't matter how old you are. Well, no, maybe not in your households. It might just be us. But it's a great time to think, do you know, we really need this. As I look at the Ukraine, as I look at the hunger, as I look at my own life and my own ability to love others well, gosh, I need someone who is going to be a rescue from that. And that's a point where you can then be like Simeon and you can take Jesus into your arms. You can praise God and then you can marvel like his parents about what has said about him. Only when you know how much you need Jesus will you see how wonderful it is that he is a saviour. So why not have a go at that at Christmas today? Oh gosh, if you're youth here today, if you're young, how greatly you will start to feel that need. There's great joys and excitements ahead. But also there might even be now great worries and hurts about so much in the future. And I wish that I had known when I was a teenager that there is a certain saviour who has got me, and that means I can have certain of joy in any situation. Not that that means I need to feel all skippy and sing songs, but it means I've always got something I can thank God for. I've always got something that I can say, this is bad, but it is not forever, because the saviour of the Lord is here, and he is mine in Christ Jesus. Wouldn't it be wonderful if no matter what happened in the new year, we could always come back to this. And remember, this is bad. But all of history is going one way with Jesus. And that is to heaven because of his life, death and resurrection for me. That is a wonderful joy, isn't it? Worth singing about. We're going to celebrate that now in the Lord's Supper in a moment. But I want to encourage you, even if you're someone who doesn't love Jesus here today, you're most welcome. Uh, even if you've been brought here against your will, you might still be able to think about Jesus over the Christmas table and think, what is good about him? One thing. It would be a shame, wouldn't it, to get rid of the Christmas present just on the, on the basis that actually I dip, my heart revolts against unicorn wrapping paper. I will not open it. Whereas actually, let's examine our hearts and think, you know, it might be great. Let's have a look and see. What's good about this? Have a go at that.
whether you're a Christian or whether you're not over the Christmas table uh, this, uh, this Christmas.